Hey there, fellow worshipers, it's Rebecca. Welcome to another episode of Lyric and Letter. I'm thrilled you're joining me today to uncover the rich tapestry of scriptures behind our favorite worship songs. Now, if this is your first time, let me tell you, you're stepping into a place where music and the Word of God blend together beautifully, hand in hand. Together, we explore the depths of worship songs and the scriptural themes that bring them to life. Today, we're taking a transformative journey through a song that caught my heart and wouldn't let it go. I Speak Jesus by Charity Gale. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on this one. If you haven't heard the song yet, you can listen to it on our playlist at www.lyricandletter.com forward slash playlist. This song will set your soul on fire. Not only was it the song I chose to audition for the worship team of my church, but it's the one song that I sing over my family every time I hear it. You know, friends, there's something about the name of Jesus that just changes things. It's like the air gets sweeter, burdens grow lighter, and life itself just takes on a radiant hue. It's a name that, when spoken, echoes through the chambers of our hearts, inviting us to go deeper, to know more, and to live in a place of awe and wonder. Haven't had that experience yet? Just you wait. God will get a hold of you. So grab that comforting cup of coffee or tea, snuggle into your go-to cozy spot, or just chill while you're driving to work. Let's embark on this intimate journey together. We'll dive into the awe-inspiring scriptures that reveal the true nature of Jesus' name and why it has such a powerful resonance in our lives. So let's allow our hearts to be pulled by the first set of lyrics. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Now I'm sure we all have memories attached to names. Names of loved ones bring comfort, while some names might rekindle an old friendship. But there is a name that holds a weight unlike any other. Jesus. Have you ever been in a room where the atmosphere changed the moment someone spoke the name of Jesus? It's as if the very air recognizes the authority in that name. It's like being at sea during a storm and the moment you whisper his name, calm blankets the water. Just ask the disciples. That name is a haven, a sanctuary in the midst of chaos. You see, Paul lays it out beautifully in Philippians 2, 9-11. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The apostles recognized this power too. Picture this, Peter and John at the temple gate, facing a crippled man from birth, no medical intervention could help him, but Peter knew what would. 
In Acts 3, 6, he declares, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man did, not just a timid step, but jumping and praising God. The name of Jesus didn't just restore him, it set him ablaze with joy. Now, this isn't a surprise, my friends. The Old Testament hinted at this all along. Isaiah 45, 23 foretold, Before me, every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will swear. The prophets knew what was coming, and when Jesus arrived, it was as if all of heaven and earth exhaled in relief. His name fulfilled centuries of longing, prophecies, and hope. So when we understand the weight of his name, we realize speaking Jesus' name is more than uttering syllables. It's an invocation of heaven, an alignment with the Almighty God, and an affirmation of his lordship in our lives. You see, friends, this is not just a topic. It's an invitation. An invitation to call upon the beautiful name and watch as the atmosphere around you shifts. The name of Jesus isn't just a tag or a label. It's a universe of grace, love, and supreme authority. Now hold on to this as we prepare to delve even deeper, diving into the next set of lyrics. But before that, take this moment. Whisper his name with the knowledge we've just revealed and feel the atmosphere around you shift. Okay, ponder this for a moment. How a mere whisper of his name can create a ripple effect through the core of our being. It's a reminder of the next beautiful lyric, over every heart and every mind. How often do we let our minds wander into places it shouldn't or let our hearts store feelings that don't belong there? It's like having a garden and allowing weeds to take over. Yet the moment you invoke the name of Jesus over the garden of your heart and mind, suddenly those weeds start to lose ground. Light pierces through and flowers we didn't even know were there start to bloom. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul nailed it when he wrote Romans 12.2. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Our hearts and minds are not just emotional and intellectual centers, but battlefields where transformation occurs. You know, this notion of transformation isn't just some New Testament invention. The Old Testament laid down the groundwork. Take Ezekiel 36:26, where God promises, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you 
a heart of flesh. This ancient promise echoes in the New Covenant, where Jesus becomes the cornerstone of our transformation. Or consider Jeremiah 31, 33. I will put my law in their minds and write it on the hearts. Isn't that beautiful? God's grand design always reached us at our core, reshaping us into his likeness by external regulations and deep-rooted heart-level transformation. You see, when we say the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, we're not just uttering words. We're invoking a centuries-old promise a divine strategy aimed at total transformation. And Jesus is at the center of it all. The living word inscribed on the tablets of our hearts and minds. He is the fulfillment of prophecies and the embodiment of God's unchanging love. So as we speak his name over our lives, we're not just acknowledging his authority, we're inviting his transformative power to do its perfect work within us. This is not just lip service. It is soul service. And it paves the way for us to reflect Jesus more clearly to a world in desperate need. Do you feel the gravity of that? So with the transformation of the heart and mind, it's incredible to recognize that internal shift ties directly into the peace that floods over us in the presence of Jesus. And this ties into our next set of lyrics, because I know there is peace within your presence. There is something extraordinarily personal about this lyric, and I can't help but share from my own life. I found myself drowning in a sea of work stress that had my emotions in knots and anxiety soaring. The overwhelm was unbearable. And that's when I put on some worship music and intentionally stepped into his presence. I poured out my heart saying, Lord, my life is yours and prayed in the powerful name of Jesus. My friends, the peace that washed over me in that moment was like a divine embrace, a touch from Jesus himself. It was like he was embracing me, telling me, I've got you. Philippians 4-7 suddenly became more than words on a page. It became a fortress around my soul, the peace that passes all understanding. This isn't just any peace. This is peace within his presence. A peace that Isaiah 26.3 describes as perfect for those whose minds are steadfast, rooted in trust in him. When we step into the presence of Jesus, our stress, our fears, our anxieties, they all get drenched in this perfect peace leaving no room for the turmoil that once resided there. My friends, if you thought the peace that Jesus offers is transformative, just wait until you hear the next set of lyrics. Till every dark addiction starts to break. 
it takes us into the terrain of spiritual warfare, where Jesus doesn't just grant us peace, but has the power to break every chain that binds us, physical or spiritual. In moments of struggle, we often find it challenging to believe that true liberation is attainable. But the Word of God makes it clear. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's straight from James 4-7. And it's a key to unlocking freedom from anything that binds us, be it addiction, unforgiveness, or patterns of sin. This first step is submission to God, laying everything down before Him, just like we lay down our anxieties to find His peace. Now, let's be honest. Submission and resistance go hand in hand, don't they? This is more than a mere fact. It's a posture of our hearts that Romans 6.14 affirms. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Through Jesus, we are freed not just from the power of sin, but its lingering after effects. Those chains, they don't stand a chance, not when Jesus is around. If this sounds like a New Testament revelation, let me remind you that Jesus' chain-breaking power has deep roots in Old Testament promises. Isaiah 61.1 prophesies, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Jesus is the complete fulfillment of this prophecy. He's not just the Prince of Peace. He is the Liberator, the Chain Breaker. As someone who has struggled all of her life with depression and anxiety, I find this incredibly heartening that the Jesus we serve is so multifaceted. He not only calms our storm, but also breaks our chains. As we anticipate our next discussion, think about the areas of your life where you need the chain-breaking power of Jesus. Those chains were never meant to hold you down. And this revelation leads us to our next crucial landmark, freedom. The next lyric in the song sings out, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. You know, it's not just about breaking the chains that tie us down. It's about what happens after, living in true freedom. The Apostle Paul had a revolutionary understanding of this, penning in Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What's powerful here is that freedom in Christ isn't merely about what we're freed from, but also what we're freed to become. You see, Jesus takes it a step further than breaking our chains. He offers us a life 
where we no longer live under the oppressive weight of religious legalism. This is echoed in John 8:36, where Jesus himself assures us, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And not just free from sin and its power over us, but free to embrace a relationship with God that transcends human-made rules and rituals. It's a freedom that reaches into the depths of our spirit, allowing us to live life abundantly, just as Jesus intended. This extraordinary freedom was even prophesied in the Old Testament. In Zechariah 9.12, it says, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. God's design for freedom has always been a part of his plan. And Jesus is the fulfillment of this hope that liberates us not just from our burdens, but also from religious constraints. Okay, it's time to take a little journey together as we focus on the lyrics, Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Imagine we are together sitting on a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. The sky is clear, the air is fragrant with wildflowers, and there is this tangible sense of expectation. We are among 5,000 people who have come to listen to Jesus speak on the Sermon on the Mount. A hush comes across the crowd as Jesus begins to speak. Next to you is Mary Magdalene. Her eyes, those eyes that once mirrored torment and despair, are fixed on Jesus' every word. She's captivated, much like you, as she listens to him speak of authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, as stated in Matthew 28:18. Now these words aren't mere abstractions for Mary. They're a soul-stirring echo of her own deliverance. Remember Acts 4.12 declares, There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Picture the moment when Jesus asserted his authority to free her from demonic oppression. Feel her tremble as chains she thought were unbreakable, simply vanished. His name is power, and for the first time, Mary feels truly free. Can't you see how that experience embodies these lyrics? Your name, Jesus, is power. Your name is healing. Oh, your name is life. Do you feel that? Your burdens are lifting because the authority here is not oppressive. It's liberating. It's one thing to hear about the character of Jesus, but it's another to experience it. And you can, right here, right now, because the power, healing, and life that comes from his name are not just ancient promises. 
They're your contemporary reality. These truths have unraveled before you, breathed into you, living and active, just as the prophets anticipated. My dear friends, now that we have uncovered these amazing revelations, can I ask, what does the name of Jesus mean to you now? Let's take a moment to reflect and ponder on everything we've discussed today. Get that journal out and let's write down and reflect on the following three questions. First, have you experienced the transformative power of Jesus' name in your own life? Take this moment to reflect on that time and write three words that describe it. Second, what burdens or yokes are holding you back from experiencing the fullness of life in Christ? Can you surrender those areas to Jesus right now? Now, take a moment to meditate on the experience of Mary Magdalene we spoke about. With Jesus' name being power, healing, and life, how has that revelation impacted your understanding of Jesus' name? Oh, my dear friends, as usual, let's end our time together in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to the end of our time together, we bow our hearts in gratitude. Whether we are doing homework, folding laundry and dealing with the kids, or spending a quiet time in an empty home, we thank you for the precious moments we've shared, diving deep into the beauty and power of your name. Lord, we are humbled by the truth that your name is power, is healing, and is life. We've explored the richness of your presence, the freedom you offer, and the transformative grace that flows from your name. We're in awe of your majesty and love. Lord, I lift up everyone who's listening, knowing that they carry their own joys and burdens. And I ask that you meet them right where they are, whether in moments of celebration or challenges. May your peace guard their hearts and minds, and may they find hope and freedom in you. May the truth of your word and the power of your name resonate in our lives, guiding us in our journey of faith. We pray all this in your precious, mighty, powerful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope that this song has impacted you as much as it has me. Before we part ways, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for joining me on this journey today. Your presence, your openness to explore, and commitment to seeking a deeper understanding of our faith has made this experience truly special. Thank you so much for being part of the Lyric and Letter community. As a reminder, we have a free devotional at www.lyricandletter.com 
forward slash devotional. It's our way of helping you continue to dive deeper in the word and find moments of inspiration and reflection. Don't forget our Facebook community group. You can find us by searching for Lyric and Letter, where worship meets the word. We'd love to have you part of the community. So as we part our ways today, remember that the power in Jesus's name is not just a concept, it's a living reality. May it resonate in your heart and guide your faith journey. Until next time, I pray that you have a beautiful day in the Lord. God bless.